Praise God. I'm excited about what God's doing. How about you? We're moving from connected to committed, right? Not being connected to God, but being committed to God. Not being connected to the body, but being committed to the body. Not being connected to prosperity, but committed to prosperity, right? No, I don't want to be, you know, known by some things. I want some things to just be part of my lifestyle, right? It's just part of the life. This is the life that we live. We got more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more health than sickness. We've got more promise. Come on, somebody. We've got more future than than past. That's our life. Amen. Look at somebody say, that's the life I live. Tell them I commit to prosper. We're not just talking about your money. We're talking about building stronger families, having a healthier body, having a sharper mind. Right? That's prosperity on the increase. You do realize that you are in a covenant with God. And it's a covenant of peace. And peace includes health and prosperity. And God's plan is to prosper you. And if you're not prospering, there's a good chance you're outside of God's plan. Uh, you might have a moment or a season of lack, but if you have a lifestyle of lack, you're living the wrong life. You might have a moment or a season of chaos, but if chaos is your lifestyle, you're living the wrong life. Now, and, and trust me, I know what it is to, to you know, it's kind of hard. You know, you would think that people would be excited. Well, really? God's going to prosper? Thank you, Jesus. That's not the response you get when you tell people God wants to prosper you. They want to beat the hell out of you because they think that, that you're coming against their current lifestyle, which you are, but you don't, they, they don't realize that you're trying to motivate them to move in the direction of God life, right? And we, ever since Cain and Abel, you know, rather than, than, than change and grow and become like his brother who was accepted by God, he killed his brother so he couldn't be compared to him. Hallelujah. Stay behind something bulletproof because your greatest satanic opposition always comes after your freshest revelation of God's word, right? That's Bible, guys. The sower sowed the seed. The seed was the word of God. Immediately the enemy came to try to take the seed. You know, anything that God's going to attempt to develop in your life or that you're going to surrender to God in an area and begin to allow him to develop that in your life, you've got to be prepared to fight for it. From the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. The violent take it by force. It does not say that if you go to church and put a $10 bill in the offering bucket, that life's going to be nice to you now. You're going to fight. Okay? If you're looking for uh, you know, you know, white, sandy beaches and drinks with umbrellas in them and, and people feeding you grapes, wrong life. Because you, you're going to have to rise up and, and get a backbone to face the storm that tries to prevent you from reaching the promise that God has for your life. Well, if God wants me to have it, how come it's, it's not easy? Because God gave you big boy pants, right? You have the right to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. You can live a lifestyle that's a humiliation to hell, but that don't mean it's going to be easy. You, you have strength for all things, right? Philippians 4, 13, you have strength. For all things, if, if it was easy, you wouldn't need strength, right? You want victory? How many of you want victory? Well, then you're going to be in battles. Put your hand down. Yeah. If you want great victory, you're going to be in great battles. So quit acting shocked when warfare comes, right? Really, it should inspire you. I'm going through a mess right now, which is going to be turned into a message, 
right? And I'm going to teach the enemy new lessons. I'm, I'm going to teach the enemy new lessons. I'm going to grow up and be who God's called me to be. Somebody say amen. Last week we were talking about the commitment to celebrate and beginning to celebrate you. Celebrating you. Coming to grips with you. And we talked about the three images, right? Everybody's got three images. There's your perceived image, your projected image, and your true image. And I got to tell you that your true image is under attack. Okay? Your true image, who you are in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's new. He's new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are fresh and new. And here comes the enemy. Right? Because eternity, you've received Christ. Your spirit's born again. Your soul's still jacked up. Right? You prayed a prayer, and you might have signed a card, and you might have bought a T-shirt and a bumper sticker. But your soul, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices, that's quite often, that's not been renewed just yet. It don't happen instantly. And so all of a sudden, the way that you think, the way you feel, and the way you make your choices... See, we, we think that because we prayed that prayer that life should just smooth out in front of us. But the reality is, is that hell's now attracted to you. We probably should give full disclosure to new believers tonight. But in the spirit, you got a t-shirt. And it's got a bullseye on it. And the devil's hunting. Hello? And what he's after is your true image. See, your, your perceived image, check it out, your... your your true image is under attack. Your, your perceived image is the result of the attack. Because now, how you think everybody sees you, and that's, you begin to live from a projected image, that's the result of the attack. Because you haven't renewed your mind, so it's easy to think that you should be doing stuff that, you're, that you, God hadn't even called you to do, or that things that don't matter in your mind, they really do matter. Come on, guys. How many of you have been in church very long? It's easy in church to make stuff that don't matter really important. Right? Right? We, we hang up a shingle and start our own new denomination. A bunch of stuff that don't matter. We can do it. But we, what it is is that we end up thinking in wrong terms. Okay, we end up thinking in wrong terms. In order, in order to set ourselves free to, and to walk in the light, we've got to see in correct terms. Third John 2, we all know this. Third John 2, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Prosperity begins in your soul. You can't sustain prosperity out here in, in the natural realm if it hasn't been developed in the inward realm. If you, it, you might have a moment of breakthrough, financial breakthrough, physical breakthrough, relational breakthrough, but until your soul prospers, until that's getting healthy, until, that, until that's getting strong, you can't sustain it. See, a lot of times, even what we're looking for, I mean, think about it. Just, just hang with me for a minute tonight. Just, just think. that How many times have you seen people, have you known people that, that, that came up and, and they were healed instantly at the altar, but when they got to the parking lot, they were starting to lose it already. Why? Well, because their, their soul is so impoverished. The way they think, the way they feel, the way they make their choices is not based off of God's word, but it's based off of the sense realm. 
And so all the enemy has to do to get them to walk away from a healing, walk away from a breakthrough, well, it is a symptom. Any symptom. Well, I guess it isn't working. So you can be talked out of what God said by a symptom that disagrees. Why is that? Because your soul's so poor. Because you don't think. We, we think in terms of wrong and right. Right? Uh, you know, think about it. You know, this is wrong. This is right. Says who? Most of the stuff that we have, especially in church, most of the stuff that we say is, you know, here's the, the big old long list of do's and don'ts. You know, most of that stuff, a lot of it don't even matter. Where do, we, where, do we, where do we get off thinking do, you know, wrong and right? What we need to think is old and new, not right and wrong. Because the old man is supposed to be taken off and the new man is supposed to be put on. Old things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. What should I do? What would you have done? Before, before you surrender to God, what would you do? Just do anything but that. Well... You know, you can sit in the parking lot and steer the car, but it ain't going to change anything until you let the, put the car in gear, right? You can't steer a stationary object. So we got to start doing something. We got to start moving so that the, the steering begins to make a difference. But the reality is, is that if we just keep doing the same stuff we've always done, only now we just have a hope that someday we're going to be living with Jesus. We're, life hasn't changed any. Right? Matter of fact, if we ask the, the average believer what's fresh and new in your life, they're going to have a hard time telling us. But all things are new. Really? Well, you look just as mean as you were before. Huh? You, you're hurting just as bad. It, what, what's new? We, we got, we've got to begin to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Somebody say Amen. I mean, think about it. Your, your true image is the one that gets born again. Your perceived image, the one that pushes you to live from a projected image, that image is the same. You still think people think of you the same way. So you've got to get out of that perceived image and into your true image, and, and you've got to begin to believe God's Word and think differently. See, in your perceived image, you're thinking life isn't fair. In your true image, I'm blessed coming in, blessed coming out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. In your perceived image, God's mad at me. But in your true image, because of faith in Christ, I am no longer at war with God, but I have peace with God. And I have, by faith, I have access to this grace that's going to empower me to succeed in life. Hello, somebody. In your perceived image, I'll never be good enough. In your true image, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In your perceived image, you're in the dark. In your true image, you're walking in the light. So when you're looking at the Word of God and say, okay, and He's describing you. See, this is the true you. You're, the one that Jesus sent, uh, that, that, he, that He died for, that, that individual can be celebrated. But your perceived image or your projected image, that one needs to be killed. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Think about it this way. You got a baby. You come home from the hospital. It's cute. It's awesome. Family leaves. Now it's just you and your husband. You're there at the house. And pretty soon you have to do stuff that no one should have to do. You have to deal with stuff that nobody should have to deal with. So you got the baby. It's normal for a baby to mess itself, right? Look at your neighbor say, it's normal. Now, we're not talking about you. We're talking about a baby. But if you take the baby, you go into the, you know, into the nursery, you put it on the changing table, you, you get out a fresh new diaper, you lay it there, you get the, the baby powder, and you put it on, and, and, and you, you, know, you wipe up the goo, you know, that's, and, and you, put the, and you, you tape on the, the new diaper, and you take it in, and you hand the baby back to mama. If you neglected to remove the old diaper, it will not be long till the old begins to penetrate the freshness of the new. And if you get born again, but neglect to take off the old man, it isn't long till the stench of the old man begins to penetrate the freshness of the new man. Now you got your clean t-shirt on, but you stinketh, right? Areas of your life, you know that ain't God life. What's going on in God life? Because that's not what it should be. It's just an indicator to you that you have neglected to take off the old. It's not what you've done wrong. It's not right and wrong. It's old and new. Old things got to go. New things got to be embraced. Old mindsets got to get rid of it. New mindsets got to embrace Ephesians 4, 17. We're going to read from New King James, right? This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Listen, don't live like everybody else. Don't live like the rest. Don't, don't live like the rest. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. But it's not I that live, but Christ that's living in me. And the life I now live, so it's different than the life I used to live. We got that now, don't we? Okay, so don't live like the rest. Live like the blessed. Live a different lifestyle, a new lifestyle, a new new attitude, a new thought process, a, a new perspective, God's perspective. Walk and live don't, not like them. They're in the futility of their mind or, or the, uh, the darkness, the emptiness of their mind. I like, I'm just going to read to you uh, the CEV version and then we'll go on here for a minute. But the CEV, verse 17, it says, As a follower of the Lord, I order you to stop living like stupid, godless people. Their minds are in the dark and they have missed out on the life that comes from God. Don't live that way. Having their understanding dark and being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, the emptiness, the darkness that's in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Look at verse uh, 20. You didn't learn Christ this way. Look at 21. If indeed you have heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, you put off. The old man, 
You put off the old man. Look at 23. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, in 24, and put on the new man which was created according to God. The new man was created by God. The old man was created by man. Your perceived image, that's what people around you created for you. That's living from an identity of what your daddy said and what your mama said and what your siblings said and what your teacher told you. You're not good enough. You're never going to make it. You're really a failure. Or even on the other side, anything you do, you, you can be anything you want to be. See, that's really, parents, that's almost as dangerous because I don't want my children to think that they can do anything they want. They need to realize that they've been created by God with a purpose, and they need to pursue that purpose with all their passion. And that if they go after God's plan, they can't fail. But the perceived image, that's created by man. The true image, that's created by God. Put on the new man. The new man was created according to God. If God created a new man in you, how are you going to fail? How how are you not going to succeed? You need to... Just realize that I've got to get out of being right versus wrong and into old versus new. Somebody say amen. amen. We think wrong because we see wrong. And we see wrong and we end up living wrong, right? If you're living wrong, it's because you see it wrong. If you see it wrong, it's because you think it wrong. If you think right, you'll see right. If you see right, you're going to live right. Uh, Matthew 6 says that the, the eye is the lamp of the body. And if the eye is good, if the eye is sound, the whole body is full of light. And if the eye is bad, then the whole body is full of darkness. And the, the reality is, is how you see it, how, how you think about it. it. That old man, he don't think right. He don't see right. And so he can't live right. But the new man, see, he can think right. He can see right. He can get a new attitude. You can cross the threshold from the old to the new, and everything at that point changes. And I don't know about you, but that sounds good. In certain areas, wouldn't it be great to just change everything? Just just get away from life that's separated from God and get committed to life that's nothing but God. So you got to let the old man die. You, you, you got you to find the strength. And say that's what, I that's what I used to do. That's how I used to think. That's how I used to see it. I can't do that anymore. I got to get a new attitude. I got to let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ. I got to have the attitude of Christ. I've got to cross the threshold. Look at Luke 5, 1, New King James. This, these are scriptures we've been over before, so I'm not going to, I hope, spend an hour here. But look, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. Everybody say, so it was. Now look at Luke 5, 8. So when Peter saw it, okay, now go back to verse 1. So it was. So it was. And Jesus is going to teach him what it was. They, they are going to press in to hear the word of God. So it was. Look at verse, whatever that was, 8. So when Peter saw it, when you finally see 
what God's Word's talking about, you're going to recognize what's really wrong with you. He, he said, you know, he falls out, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. You're going you're to realize, oh my Lord, I've been living out of the wrong image. When he, when he saw it, look at verse 9. Peter saw it, and he and all who were with him were astonished. Look at verse 10. Even James and John, it messed up everybody. And look what they said. Jesus talking to them said, don't be afraid from now on. When you see it, when you see it, it'll change you, and it'll mess you up. And you'll have a from now on moment. That was his from now on moment. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 12. We're going to read through here real quick. We're not condemned ourselves again to you or commend ourselves again to you, but give you the opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For... If we are beside ourselves, it's for God. If you think we're crazy, we're crazy for God. If we are sound mind, this is for your benefit. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So we're living a new life. Therefore, from now on, Tonight, I want you to have your from now on moment. Okay, if you, if you see it, it's going to mess you up. And you can from now on live differently. So from now on, we are not going to regard anyone according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. If anyone is in Christ, he's new. From now on, we ain't living the old way. We're living the new way. It's not the old thing, it's the new thing. So you got to have a from now on moment. You got to get out of the old man into the new man, okay? In the next couple of minutes, I'm going to try to break this down, make it as practical as I can, because I think the whole church is at the threshold of amazing breakthrough. Guys, I got to tell you, you don't get the joy of being here every day. You know, I'm serious. It's, it's awesome. And the phone calls are coming in and the stuff's going on. And we're at the threshold of break. You can, guys, revival's taking place in different people's homes. Got a brother here. He, you know, he's praying with the kids and read a script off the Internet. And, and you know, for the kids to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And boom, he opens his eyes when he said amen. The kids are crying. They're praying in tongues. And the, and the Spirit of God's in there. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on. Okay? I'm serious. There's good things happening all the time. The old man really focuses in on stuff he don't like, right? We, 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 look for, we look for fault like we're hunting for hidden treasure, right? If anybody can find it, we can. Who needs the devil when we've got the church? But, uh, but you, you know, that's just church life and, and the old man, old man ruling. And, and, and the deal is, is that you, to, in order to live different, you've got to see it different. In order to see it different, you've got to think different. And so you got to be aware when the old man's raising his hand, when he's, when he's, when, when he's still around. you gotta, you got to say, that's old man stuff. That is, that is just old man stuff. And, and as a church, we're, we're, at a, we're at an incredible threshold, I really believe. But, they're, they're, but the light's shining on different little things that we need to address 
so that we can make sure that we are taking off the old and putting on the new. Right? So that we can say, no, that's not acceptable. That's how I used to think. That's how I used to feel. That's how I used to react. I'm, I'm going new. I'm going new on you. You know, think about it. Every day when you get out of bed, you ought to tell the, give the devil a message. You know, I'm going new on you. Right? I'm going new on you. I'm living, I'm li- I'm living new now. You're going to mess with me, you're going to have to keep up. The old guy used to fall for that junk. The new guy, he don't even care. Hello? Talking new. Talking, talking new. I, I really believe that, that uh, well, can I just tell you this? This is Saturday night. I'm not going to tell the Sunday crowd. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'd be willing to bet you a year from now, uh, it, it, it won't even take that long, but a year from now, some of us won't even recognize life as we knew it. I believe that. I, I really believe that. Just prayer time, talking to God and getting ready. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm starting to see some stuff. I see it. And it's going to create a from now on moment. And th- from now on, stuff that used to harass you can't. Why? Because that old man used to respond. But the new man, he, he don't even touch him. But, but greatest satanic opposition always comes to the freshest revelation. So here we are. We're talking about celebrate. And I know that the word celebrate means to have a party. No, I don't. It means to publicize, to declare, to make known. What? Yeah, if you're going to celebrate, if you commit to celebrate, you commit to demonstrate God life. New life. So since we made a commitment, and the word commit means to willingly enter a room that we know has no exits, there's no way out of here. I've got to step into this thing and demonstrate new life. Hello? That since I'm now in Christ, old things are passed away. My old attitude, I got to say goodbye so I can embrace a new attitude. It's not going to be easy. I, guys, I'm, I'm going to be very transparent for a moment. Okay? We all have to struggle with this stuff. You know, you, in order to live right, you got to see it right. In order to see it right, you got to think right. We all wrestle with thoughts that did not come from God. Not everything that ran through your head in the last 24 hours was godly. I guarantee it wasn't God that was telling you how long was you going to sing that song. That was your flesh. All of us struggle. We're all under attack here. You know, believing in yourself and, 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 and demonstrating Satan's defeat and, well, that's easy for you. Well, really? <laughs> Man, we struggle with the same stuff. I'm just here today to tell you that I'm committed to walking in victory. Right? I'm, I'm committed to it. You're committed. But I, I got to tell you something. On the days that, that, that the thoughts of of, you know, failure and defeat, when they come, I don't call you because you'd agree. I, I'm telling you the truth. I call somebody that I know don't agree with that, right? That'll say, oh, knock it off. Just knock, knock it off, Tom. Get, call me back when you're off crack. <laughs> but, I, you know, we got to watch ourselves. I walk in the office just the day after Thanksgiving, you know, the Monday after the Thanksgiving weekend. The phone's ringing 
nonstop. And it's people who are calling in to get on the Christmas, you know, adopt a family lists. Hundreds of phone calls. And I walk in the room, my first thought is, suckers don't even deserve it. I wonder how many of these people are taking advantage of the system. I bet some of them have more than we do. And they should be giving it to me. I'm just telling you the thoughts that went through my mind. Huh? That's what you were thinking too? Yeah. I, well, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm thinking, there's people who just rip off the church. That's old man. I'm just telling you, that's, that's old man thinking. Oh, you know they are out there taking advantage. You can't take advantage if advantage has been given. Right? Well, we're going to demonstrate God's love, no strings attached. And let me tell you where the strings are. They're in my head, on my heart. They're not on those people. Those are my strings. Hello, somebody. Well, you know, I just think that we should be careful. I agree with you. We should be careful. Look at your neighbor and say, we should be careful. Luke 6, 38. Luke 6, 38. Check it out. Give, and it will be given to you. Isn't this a great verse? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. I'm talking about an overload. Sorry, just get excited. <laughs> Running over. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Study that. The same rules that you use when you're giving are the rules I'll use when I'm giving to you, God said. So God looks at me and says, you're just trying to work the system. You don't deserve it. Well, let me back up and change some things. See, They don't deserve it. That's kind of the definition of the word gift. A gift is something that's given to someone who's done nothing to deserve it. I'm so thankful that when I begin to really consider the jump that goes through my heart and mind as the phones are ringing and people are swinging by and I'm beginning to consider all kinds of thoughts about them during this Christmas holiday. And I'm thinking, what a, you know, I, I probably shouldn't go into the thoughts that I'm thinking because that's honestly where I feel some of you are in more agreement with me than ever before. You know, I only want to give to people that I know are needed. Do you realize that some of those people never even said thank you? Have you read the book? 
I got to tell you, guys, Luke 6 is scary. Look at verse 39. Can the blind lead the blind? Or will they not both fall into the ditch? Remember, it's how you see it. It determines how you're going to live it. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained is going to be like his teacher. So why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank that is in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck that's in your eye when you have a telephone pole sticking out the front of your head? <laughs> I mean, people in front of you got to duck when you look the other way because whack, they're tired of getting messed up. Hello? Look at verse 37. Judge not, you won't be judged. Aren't we judging people when, when we start putting the rules down on who's going to get it and who ain't? Condemn not, you won't be condemned. Forgive, you'll be forgiven. Forgive. That's an interesting word. For, in advance, give. Something that's given to someone who's done nothing to deserve it. So, in advance, you're giving. When you give the gift of forgiveness, it's not about the past, by the way. It's about the future. It's in advance. So what happened in the past, you release them and their future, regardless of what took place in the past. So there are people who have taken advantage of you. You've got to forgive them, not ask them to alter the past. You can't alter the past. You can only take the past to the altar. You have to release their future, regardless of what they've done in the past. So even when you know they didn't deserve it, you gave it anyways because you weren't really giving it to get a response from them, but you were giving it because you knew that was the response that God wanted you to have towards mankind because God loves them and they matter to him and he knows they're trying to rip you off. No, he knows that this is going to be best for you. God's working in you. Where are we at? 37? Look at 38. So now when you give, it'll be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shake it again. Running over. It'll be put back into your own bosom for the same rules that you use. God said, I'll use towards you. I, I, I know that with the Adopt-A-Family program, it would be really cool if you rolled up in front of somebody's house and they came out and wept and took your picture and made a poster and ran down the streets with it. And said, look what the Todd has done. <laughs> it would be awesome if they just appreciate it. I'm sure that's how God feels too. When we come in to celebrate what God has done, if we'd act like we noticed. But he keeps doing good things anyways. When the guitars are too loud or the room is too cold or, or the lights are just wrong, when you don't notice that, but you celebrate what God has done. 
I'm sure that he would appreciate that more. I'm sure that that would make his day. But even when you don't respond to him the way you should, his desire is to keep giving into your life. When you see it, you're going to say, oh, what a wretched man I am. What a wretched man I am. You'll hear Jesus say, don't, don't, don't worry about that. From now on. From now on. You know what I want for your life? My life for the church? I want us to have a, an ability to recognize how wrong we can be. And how greatly he can change us at that moment. But until we see it, it can't change in us. I know you think you're right because I think I'm right. I think I'm perfect. I think I'm smashing. Hmm? Shelby agrees. See me wave at you during worship? I got that from one of the kids. I thought, that dude's cool. So I did it to you when we were worshiping. What are you doing in about five minutes? Give, and it will be given. You guys probably should close your eyes and pray. Because <laughs> I'm about ready to have a holiday. <laughs> if you can see it, if you can see it, if you can see it, it'll point out what's wrong in you. Let me just close with this thought. If you're here tonight and you go, there ain't nothing wrong with my heart, you can't see it. So you live separated from God life because of the darkness and the hardness of your heart. You live like the rest of those stupid godless people. I order you. Do not live like stupid godless people. I want to challenge you tonight. I think that we've been called of God to make a huge impact in this community. And when you adopt a family, maybe you can't adopt a family. Maybe you can participate with another family. Maybe you can hook up. Maybe, maybe there's just something you can do. But I want to challenge you this year more than ever before. You know, right? Are you kidding me? On it, we just fed, you know, we provided over a million meals. I wonder if they deserved it. I'll bet them little Haitian kids have been hiding papayas in their, underneath a chart. I say that we give this year till it feels good. That we, that we refuse to think that we're giving to those people. 
Don't let the enemy rip you off. Everything you do, you do is under the Lord. We just demonstrate Satan's defeat. We humiliate hell. And that we, we step out of the old man and into the new man. It says, you know what? Any way I can be a blessing, I'm going to bless as many as I can, as much as I can. Well, I want to challenge you. Why? Because I think your future, your freedom, the, the level of God life that God wants to pour into you is determined by the measure you use to give. I think we're at the threshold of breakthrough. I think, I think, I just want to challenge you. Find a way. If you're here and you're thinking, I ain't doing it, sit back and watch. Because we're doing it. Amen? You committed? To celebrate. Amen. Close your book. Bow your head. Let's pray.